Welcome to the first episode of the University Marketer Podcast. I'm so glad you're here and what a treat you're in for today. Nick Rule, Director of Athletics at William Penn University in Oskaloosa, Iowa, drops some serious wisdom on this episode. We talk about how the university has kept its audiences engaged during the pandemic, how he's built a high-functioning marketing and communications team with limited resources, and so much more. So be sure to listen to the end. Nick drops one of the best tips I've ever heard for people looking to advance their careers in university communications. So with that, without further ado, let's go. Nick Rule, Director of Athletics at William Penn University. Welcome to the University Marketer Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, Tyler, thanks, man. Good to see you again and uh, happy to be on and you know, have a good conversation here. Yeah, so there's so many things I wanted to ask you about today, and but I guess just quickly start by telling us how you advanced through both academia and through collegiate sports, and tell us how you got to, to where you're at today. Yeah, so, you know, this is, a, I like the connection here because I really am a communications and marketing mind serving in an administrative role in athletics, and so, you know, I got my degree in communications and, and U.S. government and kind of thought I was going to going to the communications world and politics. And I figured out you, you don't change the world in DC, the DC changes you. So I decided maybe to go in a different direction and start coaching and things like that. I worked at a company called Musco Lighting and helped start uh, international public relations approach um, to a, a worldwide company there um, and served as a you know, marketing communications um, you know, team leader and uh, you know, got, to, got to cover the, the Olympics for the company in London and got to go to Little League World Series. And, you know, it was really a, a company that's just, you know, Musco is just an, an amazing company, it owns 80% of the sports lighting market in, in the United States. But, you know, really was trying to, in 2010, trying to navigate how to position a business in a social media world. Right. Um, and understanding that there's a very, there is a difference between communications and marketing and direct marketing and such. And so, that was fun. And, but I just kept being drawn back to college athletics. I was coaching the women's golf team at William Penn at the time and, um, and, and just wanted to get into the administrative role and, 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 and serve in it as an athletic director and get to see the big picture. And, and so, you know, eight years later, uh, you know, I worked in our marketing department, uh, I ran our booster club, um, ran development office, uh, didn't run development office, but worked in the development office, um, fundraising and all those different things. And, you know, during that times where I met you and, um, as I was coaching as well. And, uh, you know, and just saw this, this opportunity to get involved in, in intercollegiate athletics as someone who is a marketing and communications mind. And so um, that's where I am today. I'm going into year four. Um, it's been a weird year. Um, but, uh, you know, I think now more than ever before is, is really important to uh, intentionally communicate uh, what the future looks like. So um, William Penn's a special place and uh, it's my alma mater as it is yours. And just, uh, just happy to be here and and, and serving in a, in a job that's the uh, best job in the world for me. Yeah, I, I kind of want to go up like what you're saying there. I mean, I, you don't look like it, but these past six months probably have aged you like 20 or 30 years, right? I mean, I can't imagine what an AD has been going through. You know, we're having a season, we're not having a season, we are, but this is what you've got to do protocol-wise. Like, just, just give us a glimpse behind the curtain. What have the past six months been like for you as an AD at a university? So let's just say for the sake of, you know, comparison, college athletics has really been um, a bigger business or an enrollment driver for universities for, let's say, the uh, last 50 years. So every playbook that was created in the last 50 years, you threw out. And it, it, 
you you re, you were in completely uncharted territory. And so, you know, we had to create our own playbook um, that fit for our campus in the middle of a pandemic, uh, and then communicate that playbook, and then understand that you know many times when you have a playbook, you're playing within rules that don't really change. But we were creating a playbook within rules that were changing maybe weekly, sometimes daily, but for sure monthly. And so any anytime something like that happened, you almost had to throw out the playbook and take plays in the playbook and then read and create a whole nother playbook. And um, so it's just been this constant shifting and, um, and, and being flexible and, and, and figuring out how, how do we make something like this happen. At small colleges, you know, being able that are enrollment driven like ours, being able to provide a student experience in some type of participation, in many cases, athletics here at William Penn. Um, and we have several other things you can participate in as well. But um, being able to offer that and offer seasons and offer comp uh, the ability to compete um, was not only just a student experience thing for us, which is what we're here for, but it was uh, a fiduciary uh, responsibility for us to be able to provide an uncommon experience um, for student athletes at a small college level. I mean, you don't have those things happening. You know, what does that look like? And so um, it, it was it was a challenge. We've been very fortunate that our conference and our and the presidents in our conference and our university has been very supportive for us putting in all the different protocols to um, to be in place. But uh, and we're doing it and we're having success with it. But but dang, it's you know everything changes and you have to communicate in a different way and everything's different. Um, it's kind of like the way I describe it is that when you go to a restaurant now and when you go to Walmart or you go to something like that, it's a different experience. Um, and the way those businesses and everything have communicated that experience to you. Um, allows for you to psychologically go into that place and feel comfortable with it. If you're surprised when you go in, it's like, ah, I don't feel comfortable. And so the communication piece on making sure that everyone knows what to expect, at least kind of what to expect is, is helpful. And that's, that's our students, our staff, our fans, all that. Yeah, that, and that's what I was gonna ask you. I think it's gotta be extra hard from, from your role because you have so many audiences like that, right? You have campus faculty and administrators who need to know what's going on, your fans, obviously the Oskaloosa community at large, you know, how have you, how have you guys been able to really, you know, create those messages for each audience and, 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 uh, you know, keep them involved when so much has been changing on your end at the same time? Yeah. So it's a great question. And if, if we're communicating the same way we did a year ago, we're not communicating effectively. And, um, you know, just for example, with our staff, you know, we would have monthly coaches meetings and as needed, we meet weekly now. Um, and every day I provide an update, um, especially during the heart of everything that be in March and April and May, every day I provide an update. This is what's going on. Even if there was not a whole lot of news to update on, it was, Hey, this is what's going on. We're going to be fine. Um, you know, John Gordon always says that, uh, anytime there's a lack of communication, negativity will always fill in. And so what we were trying to do is make sure that we're communicating effectively, even if it was to our staff, not communicating much, just to know that we're, we're, we're working hard to navigate this thing. And so the audience of our coaches, our staff, that was an important communication piece to where we went from, you know, a few times a week to every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And I, I committed to them that anytime I heard a piece of information that might affect you, that it might, you know, whether it's a rule change or something like that or something going on in code, if I hear it two times, I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to tell you when maybe other ADs may not tell you because I want you to be prepared because I want you to start thinking three steps ahead. So this could happen. All right. So how are you going to adjust? How are you going to shift? How are you going to message to your students? And so the second part was our students. You know, someone in my position, I would maybe send a welcome message, uh, a letter out, or just a video that would go out everywhere. I met with every single team via Zoom. 
And I looked him in the eyes and I, and I said, this is what we're doing, right? And I, I gave him details, all right? And because at that time in the summer, we had to understand the psychology of our students. There was so much going on in the news and everything. Half the schools in the country aren't playing or anything like that. We needed to show them that one, we're doing this, but two, we're doing it safely. And here are the extra things your university is investing in, right? And making happen in order for you to feel safe. And then the third part to that was really the fans. And the fans, it's like, okay, you know, there are gonna be changes. We're gonna be at 50% capacity. You're gonna have to go through screening. All right, everything is an online ticket now. And so again, it was messaging. And so we created videos, how-to videos on how to go through ticketing. We created how-to videos on this is what's gonna happen. So, you know, not everyone learns the same, right? And so not everyone connects the same way. And it's all different avenues, all different platforms, email, video, um, you know, text, all those different things, maps, you know, just so that when they knew, when they came in, their expectation was, okay, this is what I got to do. And in the same respect, this is a changing world for all of us. Our staff are going to have a better job implementing these new protocols because the folks coming in understand them. And so it's just very intentional ahead of time communication. Um, and depending on your audience, it could be very, very different. And, and, and we could be discussing different things. That I, that's amazing. I mean, and I'm and I'm thinking about you know, small colleges like like William Penn. You don't have unlimited resources to be creating all this yeah. content. I mean, talk to me just a little bit about how how your athletic communications department is structured and 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 how how are you able to get so much out of you know these videos like you're saying and and, and new tutorials like that's a lot of content for a small team. Yeah, and so and we felt like we were prepared for COVID because and we really have a, a, a vision in our department of creating an athletic department of the future and doing uncommon things. Well, how do you be, how do you create an athletic department that's ready for the future to be one of the, with the goal of being one of the best in small college athletics when you don't have the resources like, you know, a Utah or a Utah state or a BYU or, you know, any of the, you know, any big school. Um, and what we've done is, you know, we've tried to find young and up and coming people and put them in GA positions Right. And then really treat those people like full-time assistants in a sense, you know, to an, to an extent, give them full-time res type responsibilities and, and let them learn. And so over the last three years, we've really been implementing that and in our GA program, even prior in our coaching staff, but we took kind of that GA program and implemented it in athletics. And so our communication staff grew um, by a few people, um, you know, it used to be just Wade Steinlogge, our, our director of communications. And, and now he's an assistant athletic director for communications, but he manages two people. We brought in an internship program. And so we had people in place, right? But the other thing that we learned along the way is that really the athletic communications world is really focusing on conveying that idea, specific messaging about a game or reporting on things. The other thing that we realized that we needed to do is we needed to create really a marketing communications department within our athletic department, right? And so that's kind of my specialty, right? And so what we're doing is we're, we're, we're figuring out what campaign do we need to run. So we started the WP Stronger Together campaign right when COVID hit. And, and we brought everyone under that umbrella and we're gonna, this is our campaign, this is our message. We want our fans, and most importantly, our students that have just been told that you know things are kind of shutting down, that we're still here. So strategic messaging on, hey, campus is still here. You know, here's, here's a photo or, hey, you know, stay engaged with what's going on. Here's, here's an activity to do that, that, and then connect all these different people um, across the country that are, that are William Penn students doing that activity, you know, bring those videos together and show everyone that we're all in this thing together. And so, you know, marketing and communications, I think in every world is really, really different, but I think marketing 
is about a psychological connection. And so how do you connect with your, with your end user in a psychological way? And you know, the, someone you know very well, Dr. Noel Staley, who's our dean, he was my English professor. And he told me one thing in the very first class I ever had at William Penn that I'll never forget. He said, if you can find five things in common with someone or something, you can create a connection. And so through our marketing, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create five or six connections with someone, right? And we might have to do you know, several different things to create that connection. But if we can get that fifth or sixth connection, we've created some type of relationship. And if we can do that, we're going to you know, increase our retention. We're going to have our fans more engaged. And we're going to have just this vertical integration and symmetry between communications and marketing. So what we felt really realized that we needed to do is we needed a, a strategic communications approach, but we also needed a strategic marketing approach as well. And so we were ready for COVID because of that. Um, but it doesn't make it easier, but you know, we utilize our resources in a different way where we're using up and comers that are going to be ready to be full-time people when they're done here. And we're investing in young people um, in maybe a different way than they would get at maybe a bigger school experience. I, I love it. And I, you know, and I, and I still follow a lot of the, the channels, uh, William Penn, and I see that and you're absolutely right. Like it's fun to see that, that, that campaign that you mentioned and, and to see the inclusion of the student athletes that you had. So talk to me a little bit about like new channels, you know, I, how, how do new channels fit into your approach? You know, TikTok, Instagram Reels, all of those have kind of come out in the last six months or so. And, you know, I've seen some sports teams doing some fun stuff on those channels. How does William Penn think about new channels, yeah, new channel development? And, and uh, yeah, I guess what's just your approach to, to, to new channels? Yeah, I mean, I think you got you to gotta go where um, your target audience is. And, and our, target, our target audiences are in, on everything. And so, from an athletics uh, communication standpoint and a marketing standpoint, our older fans are on Facebook, right? We got it. We got to continue to have a presence there, right? Um, the generation that we're that we're coaching right now and and recruiting and and even some of the baby boomers are now on Twitter, right? So we got to have a presence there. Um, and then Instagram obviously is big, um, and and TikTok is new, but I don't think I think where some people um, where some people uh, put in a tough spot sometimes is they put the same content on all of their uh, mediums mm -hmm. and it's just that's just not that just doesn't work you have to understand what the instagram purpose is what the what the end users are looking on instagram and so you know for an athletic communication standpoint you know wade is great on twitter here our assistant athletic director for communications he gets twitter and facebook he gets it right well his two gas he might task them and has done this like okay figure out instagram right you know and, and figure out that market and so so you know we have a very targeted approach now our 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 sports teams another thing that you get at a big school is you might have a communications person over every single sport well you know our coaches um and their staffs are are the communications teams for the staffs too so if they have a presence on social media it's their staff that is really uh you know making sure that that messaging goes out and so you'll have like our women's wrestling program does an amazing job on uh on instagram you know you might have you know men's basketball does a great job on twitter um but you know they're, they're finding their their audience and they're really honing in on it and they're dabbling in different things you know we only have also so much time but you know we got to understand that we're selling ourselves every single day and our coaches understand that they're they're not only the coaches in small college athletics you know, they're the communications people and our communications team helps them. Don't get me wrong. But, but when it gets into the real deep targeted psychological touches with um, their end user, uh, that's going to come from them. Right. And so we're one thing that as a cultural enhancement in our department, one thing we really focused on is that 
you know, we got to have consistent messaging across the board too. And so, you know, we can't have, you know, 27 athletic teams under 27 umbrellas. We, they need to understand that we're all under one umbrella. We all have this, uh, this goal of creating an athletic department of the future by doing uncommon things. And so if we have that approach, they're going to psychologically look for what are the uncommon things that we're doing and then sell the heck out of that, right? You know, what are the things that are positioning us to, a little bit, to be a little bit better, you know, future ready when maybe others aren't and sell the heck out of it. And so those are the things that the programs that do a really good job with social media are constantly doing. It's not the score of the game. It's what is, what is the experience about? What's the end, what's the back end experience? And so it's, you know, those different um, mediums are all, also about relationship building. And so we have to have a presence on it. Um, TikTok is, you know, funny connections, right? You know, we did this fun video where coach Henry, your former coach, um, and a few of us did one of those TikTok dances, right? And we had our ASA president and everything. And that got just tons of traction. So on TikTok, we realized like, we're not really reporting, reporting a lot of relevant content. We're just having fun. Right. And, and that's that's the different type and we just have to understand that right i love it i think you guys, you guys honestly do a great job and one of the things i've always liked about william penn is you know you've encouraged your coaches to use their platforms and to use their their own profiles and you know like you mentioned coach sanquist i know your new uh, men's volleyball coach uses twitter mm -hmm. really well i follow him and i don't even know him right but talk to me i yeah. guess you guys provide some training uh, you know how do you how do you help support these guys to encourage them to use their voices to, but to make sure that they're representing the, the WPU brand really well. Well, I think part of it is just those those formal and informal conversations that we talked about before about creating that department of the future, what that means. And we, and we you know, anytime I say doing uncommon things, I, I know our staff, they roll their eyes and maybe and they laugh and all that. But that to me know, that, that shows that, okay, they get it. And we're always bringing up what's uncommon, what's different. And so I really, it, it, part of it is a hiring process too. You know, Coach Bentley, who you talked about, the men's volleyball coach, he's, he's you know, we just started that program a few years ago. You know, as we go into the future, um, you got to have coaches that um, understand that having a presence on social media is important. And if you're going to have a personal presence on social media, whether you like it or not, you're in an industry that is a public industry, a job that's a, more of a public position. You're not a public servant to, you know, government or something like that, but you are a, in a public position. So what you put on your social media directly reflects your program. We have those conversations, right? You know, I, I joke with people all the time. My Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is not a Nick Rule Twitter account. It's a William Penn Twitter account where I'm talking about things, right? And when I put something out there, you know, it's very intentional. You know, when I talk about some leadership things or things like that, it's very intentional. I'm not just posting it to post it, just so, so someone gets a like. It gets like, I know our audience. And when I post that, I want to see it. I want people to see it, you know, because it means something. And maybe they can psychologically draw some conclusions or whatever that may be. But it's the same thing with our coaches. You know, how are you going to reemphasize what you're doing in your program and create connections with people going back to what Dr. Staley said before. And so we talk about it a lot. And then you, we're going to have to hire that in the future. And, and we do provide some additional training. One of the other things that we've done is that um, you know, today's day and age, you have to have graphic design experience in a sense, right? You have to have someone that's going to be able to create, you know, the cool, um, the cool graphics. And so we provided training uh, on Photoshop and it might not be our head coaches, it might be their GAs, but, you know, I've got someone that uh, in our athletic department who's, who works for us and she does an amazing job and she's doing our marketing stuff, right? She's a student right now. She's going to be a graduate assistant. You know, one day we want to keep her around here. 
but she's, she's self-taught herself. And so we've got to invest in a different way. We may not be able to hire the person that's got five or six years of experience in graphic design, but we can train someone and throw them in the mix and they're going to be, they're going to catch on pretty quick. Wow. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's awesome. I, I think you guys are, you guys are pushing the boundaries of, and you understand the importance of design and, and, and knowing your audience. That's really cool. I guess one last, you know, one, one other thought, like, uh, you know, your, your channel, some of the athletic channels have a lot of followers, right? And, and, and that's, that's true at a lot of universities, kind of sports can drive that sometimes. And how do you work with university communications as a whole? If there's, if there's an important message, you know, that, that, that you've got to get out from a university educational standpoint, how do you guys uh, work together with them, support messages they have and vice versa? Yeah, so this is one area that where I felt like we've had a lot of room to improve on. And I think there's a lot of really tough things in COVID, right? And But I also think there's a lot of things that have happened in COVID that we're going to continue and allowed us to focus in a lot more going forward. So COVID, and, and I'm, a, I'm a guy that tries to look at the bright side of things, like we're going to learn a lot through processes and things that we needed to do through COVID that maybe COVID forced us to do a little bit quicker. One of those things is really connecting with university marketing and messaging. And so, you know, we have access, myself and a few others have access to all of our, um, you know, Twitter accounts and, and, and social media accounts for all of our programs, where in years past, I'd be kind of like, oh, this is ours. Well, this is the university account. And if there's something that needs to go out from our university or anything like that, we will go and, and, and make sure that messaging gets out. Because here's the thing, like, you know, we got coaches, they've got student athletes to deal with, they got game days to plan for, you know, and so some of this stuff we can help with, all right? And so we've just had a lot of really good conversations that started with that WP Stronger Together campaign. That was, that really came out of the athletic department. But I remember the day that we sat down, we're like, okay, we need to do this. We're like, what do we need? You know, we need to invite our marketing and communications department to the university. We all sat in our conference room. We came up with a plan together, put a communication strategy together. And this was, and this is how we rolled. And so I think it's an area that we still need to improve on, but COVID has forced us to get into that space with them a little bit more. Um, and I think we've learned things from them and they learned thing from, things from us. And I think in sometimes at university settings, you can get into a, a spot where, there might be athletics does their own thing. They're not going to listen to us or, you know, they don't understand who we are. Um, well, it usually just takes sit down and having a conversation. And um, if we can get our teams to work together in the end, we're here for our students and for our university first. And, and if we can work together at a higher level to, to met, to have more consistent messaging across the board, that's a win-win for everyone involved. And so COVID has really, you know, forced us to do that in a much more proficient fashion and, and, and just three little things about having access to accounts and, and making sure that, you know, this communicating on, hey, this is what we're going to be, you know, focusing on this week, you know, can you help us out? And it, it, it's nothing more, um, you know, nothing more special than that. It's just old fashioned going and talking, right? And, and sitting down and talking to people and figure out what's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, something that we sometimes miss, but you're right. It, it, that, yeah. That's pretty what, what's one tip would you give someone, an up-and-coming person, Nick, that would wants to be in a position like yours uh, or athletic communications, you know, or university com communications as a whole? What, what's one thing you would share with them to help them get to that goal? Yeah, I, I think this can go across the board um, and, and specifically marketing communications. I mean, someone in my position, right, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, was the old football coach, right? The old football coach ended up being the AD, you know, and, and that's fine. Right. You know, and maybe 10 years ago, maybe 10 to 15 years ago, um, it was the, the chief fundraiser or, or maybe the person that had a, a legal background. Well, what you're seeing more and more now 
is that you're seeing a marketer, a, a PR person, um, someone that has the ability to connect with people serving in roles like this. But to answer the question about maybe what it's a piece of advice, right? Understand where you are today, right? Understand where you wanna be, all right? And then go out and do research on other people in those jobs and, and, and create a spreadsheet on what they have. And then go through and find out what you don't have, okay? And then figure out what do you gotta do to best prepare yourself, right? To be able to have a story to where you have, when that door opens, where you can get a job opportunity or an interview opportunity, that you have a great and compelling story to tell. Um, but this is the same thing we tell uh, our, our teams is that go out and find out, you know, what others are doing, okay? And we gotta try to do it better, right? Then find out what others aren't doing and then make that our niche. And so, and, and I think it's the same thing when you're, you're, when you're creating your, your roadmap for your life, is it fair, figure out where you are now, where you wanna be and how do you get there? And then you can map that out and, and, and figure out what things you need to do in order to, to best prepare you for that opportunity when that opportunity comes about. And, and then it's all about selling yourself, you know, what makes you valuable, you know, and how you present yourself that day. But sometimes we get very, very uncomfortable when we're presenting ourselves. We have to understand we all have a really compelling story, um, but we're also responsible for writing that story and writing those chapters and then effectively telling it to others. And I think sometimes we forget that our story is a great story. Your story is a great story. You know, Danny, your wife, her story is a great story, right? We all have a great story if we're willing to tell it um, in a very compelling way. And, and then I guess the, the other thing that I would say is that whatever position you're in today, you know, go above and beyond, find something you can do, come to someone in a position like me and say, hey, I want to help. Can I help? Okay. Right. And I learned so much to going to our last AD, Greg Hafner, was a mentor of mine and saying, hey, you know, I'm really interested in this. How can I help? He's like, do you want to run the half times? Sure. And all of a sudden now we're doing marketing. And then he let me draft our Nike contract and all those different things. Like, wow, that, that was experience. And that was part of my story when I came to this job. And then every single day, you know, we have a ta we have tasks to do and, and we can check that box. But in every single task that you have, or maybe, maybe your big three important ones, go above and beyond in each one of those in a way that someone in a position like mine will notice, oh, that person took initiative. Has, uh, has an understanding um, that, that we're looking for someone who has a sense of urgency and just show, hey, I, you know, I did the, it, this, is, this is the product and that those people are gonna notice that you took the time, all right, the effort and, and had the vision to maybe do it just a little bit better than what was expected. And if you do those three things as you plan to that, one's long-term, one's more middle-term and one's very short-term, you do those three things, um, you know, that's really gonna create your story as you write your book and you're able to share that with people that are interested. And I love that, especially that last one, go above and beyond. I, I think that's so something we could all do. But yeah, I love it. Thank you. That, well, that yeah, and, and, and I, sh I share that with people. If you, for 365 days, if you even above and beyond on one task for 365 days, one task every single day, yeah. imagine what you could accomplish. A lot. Uh, yeah, no, that's, I was sitting down writing my list this morning and I'm like, that's, I need to go back and look at it now and go deep on on some of those. That's great. Well, hey, this has been so insightful. Nick, tell, tell the people where, you know, if they want to find you on social media, where, where can we find you? Yeah. So, I mean, my favorite uh, uh, social media platform is, is Twitter. Um, so at N-I-K-R-U-L-E. I uh, would love to follow and love to connect. I love connecting with people via Twitter and uh, made a lot of friends on there in the AD world and the communications world and the marketing world, NACMA. Um, then also on Instagram and Facebook, um, on Instagram at N-I-K-R-U-L-E-W-P-U-A-D. So um, yeah, would love to connect with people. And uh, um, yeah, this is a, it was a great opportunity to, to connect with you again. And 
um, and see that you're, you're doing very well. And, and this is just a great platform to, to listen to people. Yeah, this has been fun. Well, hey, Nick, really, honestly, thank you so much. It's been Thanks for listening to the University Marketer Podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm having a ton of fun creating it. If you are enjoying it, it would mean the world to me if you leave a review. Reviews really help podcasts get found and searched. Um, So that would be awesome. Until next time, see ya.